Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace, in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I'm not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him. Why then do you baptise if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptise with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany, on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptising. The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptising with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave his testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptise with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptise with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify 
that this is God's chosen one. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him saying this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you'll see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which, when translated, is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite, in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. A jumbo jet has landed in my garden. It's wrecked the house and the fuselage has squashed the garage. A roar of the engines still pops in my ears. I felt pretty stretched and challenged by the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark and John. But then, out of nowhere, the hulking monstrosity that is the gospel of John has just been thrust on me from above. And that is what Holy Spirit intended. John lived late into the establishment of the early church. The disciple who Jesus loved played grandfather to the swelling ranks of Jesus' followers and he wrapped his gnarled knuckles on the table of awe. Awe at Jesus and love of brother. Perhaps the newer, younger believers had become a little too familiar with Jesus. The inevitable dilution of wonder had gone just a little too far for the apostle to stay stumm. And so the old boy clears his throat, girds up his loins and unleashes heaven. In the beginning was the word. Forget your birth. Forget this universe. There is one in our midst who preceded it all. Through him, all things were made. Talk about expanding our horizons. Talk about invading our small preoccupations with a hulking beast of an idea. The challenge in John is to read it slow enough 
to let the spirit penetrate our souls with the tiniest increment of these enormous explosive truths. Or it's a rare commodity in any immature church. We need to slow down to catch it. And yet, while stretching towards awe, we must also see that the baggage of this plane was abundance of grace. Grace that leads to love. God is so great we must fear him. And God is so loving that we must befriend him. The old man John champions that life lived in this tension. The angels of God descended to earth as well as ascended. Jesus didn't just pass by John's two disciples, but asked them to come and see. Jesus didn't just leave for Galilee, but he found Philip and asked him if he wanted to turn it into a road trip. This awesome son of God, the everlasting, all-creating one, was here. And he was completely obsessed with spending time with people, with drawing into intimacy with his creation. The church's recent obsession has been sung worship, and quite rightly so. But Jesus coupled worship with relationships that went beyond a quick coffee after church. And so, if we truly have this jumbo jet land in our garden, if we truly let old man John speak the word into our hearts, then we will become people who worship our socks off and then go find our neighbour's socks and wash the feet that was wearing them. Here's a question for reflection. Has the jumbo jet of awe landed in your garden? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.